job, fellas. I just feel bad they didn't ask me to join them. Amen. And uh, would have made such a great quartet that way, but uh, well, you missed out, so anyhow. No. <laughs> no. It sounded better without me, that's for sure. So we'll keep it at that. Great job. Praise the Lord. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8 in your Bibles tonight is where we're going to be. The book of Second Corinthians chapter 8. Don't you just enjoy sometimes just hearing the Bible, hearing the Word of God, just reading it, letting it fill your, your soul and your spirit. And uh, the Word of God is just wonderful. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 are known as missions giving chapters uh, in the Bible. And they really talk much about understanding what faith promise missions is. And, um, and I want to uh, preach on these things tonight. I want to give you some thoughts uh, about it and what it is. Um, for those of you who know and have heard about faith promise. Some of you have heard it and known it all your life, but it can never hurt to be reminded. Amen? It can never hurt to be reminded. And then uh, sometimes um, I remember really not really understanding uh, faith promise missions and what it was until I was in Bible college and uh, had it taught and preached to me. And uh, then I came to an understanding of faith, promise, missions, and what it is, and how it works in the Bible, and what God says. So we're going to look at that subject tonight as we prepare and gear our minds uh, towards looking to Missions Conference this year, and uh, what God would have for us in our church. So let's begin tonight with 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and uh, we'll begin here reading with verse number 1. In this passage of Scripture, the Bible tells us here, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired, Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance, in knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now, go to chapter 9, please, 
And we'll begin with verse 6 and read several verses here. Chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye having all, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase uh, in the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Let's stop there tonight and let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness tonight. Thank you for the privilege to open the Bible and preach it. We pray, God, you would guide us and direct us, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, for your power and your help tonight uh, as we open the Bible. And we ask you to use us, Lord, tonight in a great way. Use thy word tonight, God, to sink into our minds and our hearts, Lord, about this great subject of faith promise, Lord. We ask and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the Apostle Paul here is telling us of the grace of God that was on these churches in Macedonia. And there were several churches that the Apostle Paul had traveled to. He had started these churches and uh, seen converts saved. And in the passage, chapter uh, 8 here, the Apostle Paul is talking about, and he's really um, using these churches in Macedonia as an example in their faith promise giving. He's saying, I, I'm, I want to tell you, the church of Corinth, uh, about some churches who had a lot of faith in God, and they gave to, to God to see the work of God done. Now, we, if we go all the way back to the Great Commission, we have to understand something. And this is the, the key thing about missions and what it is. And that is, is that God does not just want us, and he's speaking to the church as a whole, the local church, he does not want us just to focus only on our community. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's God's command. God's told us to go to Jerusalem. That's our community right here. Judea, that's our area. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And now, one would say, how do we do that? How, do we, how are we going to reach the uttermost parts of the world? I can't go there. I have one body. I can only be in one place at a time. 
And sometimes I'm confused about where that might even be. Amen? But I want to tell you, um, how do we fulfill the Great Commission? We have to give to missionaries so that they can go. That's how we have to do it. You know, God put in a plan in His Word to teach us how to do it. See, God, God tells us how to do everything, doesn't He? The Bible doesn't leave us out of knowledge. The only people who don't know anything about the Bible are people that don't read it and people don't get around preachers to hear it. And, and, but, but it's all there. Amen? It's all in the Word of God. And, and so this subject of, of giving to missions is important. It's valuable in the Bible because you have to understand God gave us a command not to just go into this uh, uh, the area we live in. We should go into the area we live in. But he said, don't just keep your vision local. God said, broaden your vision to where you can reach the whole world. It's a blessing. When I came and took more Baptist Church, we had 11 missionaries that we were supporting. I thank the Lord that we have 66 missionaries now that we've been able to support. And God has been so good and can I tell you what, I believe, I believe it's because some people have got a hold of God's principles of faith, promise, giving, and what it is. So I want to give you some thoughts about the subject tonight, inform you about what it is, and what God teaches about it in His Word. Now there's three ways that a church can give to missions. There's three different ways. First of all, you can have an emotional appeal. An emotional appeal. You could do it that way. You could have somebody get up here and, and uh, we could have some, a missionary come and say, it's, it's so, so sad where we're at and everybody's dying, going to hell. And that may be true. And, it, and, and trust me, there can be an emotional appeal and it's not always necessarily wrong. But can I tell you that ought not be the main motive by which we give. It's a good thing to feel a burden for lost people in a different country. You say, can you have a burden for people you've never seen? Yes, you can. Because Jesus did. And if Jesus did, then so can we because he is our pattern. And our lives are patterned after his heart. So a church can give by an emotional appeal. I know a church that um, they don't have faith promise giving, but they have a bunch of missionaries come in over a whole weekend and they talk about missions and they raise a one-time offering for missions. And uh, can, I have to laugh because... They're so proud of what they do, but yet <laughs> they're probably about five times the size of Moore Baptist Church, but what they do that one week is only about half of what this church has been able to do. And, um, and I think it's because there's an emotional appeal there that sees the need and out of emotions. You know, the only difficulty with an emotional bill is that our emotions change. Our emotions can go up and down. Uh, we have to have a more solid faith than just emotion. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Real faith in Christ is going to give us some emotion. No doubt about it, right? But if all we have is emotion and nothing substantial in Scripture on it, then can I tell you what? It's not going to last. It's not going to last. So you can give by an emotional appeal. There's a second way to give. You can give to missions through the church budget. You can take uh, the budget of our general fund from our tithes and our offerings and send it to foreign fields. I know churches that do that. I know churches that may take 10% out of their budget and give it to missions, uh, do it that way. I know some churches that, that just actually have a set amount that they give to missions and and they do it that way. And the only difficult with that is that the local church often needs those funds to run and, and to, uh, to accomplish uh, what they need to in their local field. And, uh, and, uh, but, but there's a third way, and this is the way that they practiced it here, and that Paul was admonishing the church of Corinth to practice it, and that was through faith, promise, giving. To give by faith of what the Lord has told you to do and what in seeking the Lord he places upon your heart and your mind to do. You know, every missions conference, whenever it comes around, it seems like there's always a specific number that God puts in my mind to give. It seems like if I want to know it, he'll give it to me. If I desire to know that number, he'll give me that number. And can I tell you, God has. God has. And, and so he looks at the church here and he's saying, all right, you can give emotionally or you can even give out of the church. But the church of Corinth did it a different way. And they did it in what God says here is this thing of faith, promise, missions. So I want you to look at it. I want you to see what it says tonight from the Bible, chapter 8. And let's begin here, verse number 1. Now he's talking about the churches of Macedonia in this region. He's holding them up to the church of Corinth and saying, this is what they did and this is how they did it. Notice he said in verse 2, that in a great trial of affliction. Wait a minute. This wasn't a church that was go sitting on Easy Street, was it? This was not a church that had everything lined out. This is not a church that was not affected by the economy. There was a great trial of their affliction. And notice, abundance of their joy. You know, some people think you cannot, cannot have joy in affliction. But they're wrong. They're wrong. You can have joy in your affliction. The church of Macedonia had great affliction, a great trial of affliction, and abundance of their joy. They were happy despite their affliction. And I believe, here's why. It says, and their deep poverty. Now, wait a minute. They didn't have a lot of money. In fact, they had less than a little bit of money. Bible does not say that they had poverty, does it? It says they had deep poverty. 
I, I don't think we in America even know what deep poverty is. Really. Now, um, we know what it's like to have it tough, but we really don't know what it's like to have deep poverty. But they had deep poverty, they had a great trial of affliction, but they also had joy. Now notice how they gave, and it's talking about giving here. Verse 3, for to their power, notice that means in accordance to what they could do, to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power. Now wait a minute. They tapped into something that they couldn't do. Why? Because they were in deep poverty. So they did what they could do to their power. In other words, they did what they could, which wasn't much, probably, because of the deep poverty. But they also did something beyond their power. Now that's where God entered in. They did something a little bit of what they could do, but they also beyond, went beyond their power. Beyond their own ability. So there had to be faith in God for them to give because they didn't have it just sitting around in a, in a bag or in a bank somewhere. They had to trust God by faith. Now notice here, they were willing... Verse 3, they were willing of themselves. They said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, we'll do it. But they said, Lord, maybe I could supply something to my power. But Lord, to your power, you're going to have to make up the rest. You know what? God did. That God did. I think the best exercise of our faith in this life is our faith promise giving. Knowing that God's given us the Great Commission, right? And by the way, it's, it's not a request. Amen? It's not a request. It is God's command. And he said, you do what you can, but he said also, beyond your power. See, when you pray and you ask God, God, what would you have me to do and give? That's above your tithe. And your offering. That's where you trust God. Say, God. <laughs> See, their tithes and their offerings went to their local church. But this passage of scripture is talking about them giving to ministry outside of their church. It wasn't ministry within their church. It was outside of their church. That is the fulfillment of the Great Commission what they did, but they had to have some faith in God to do what God wanted them to do. Now notice verse 5. It says here, or I'm sorry, verse 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. You know what they're going to do? They're going to give it to somebody else. They're going to minister to others. Minister to someone else with their giving. You say, it hasn't talked about giving yet. Well, we're getting there. Amen. It's, it's the context of the passage. <clears throat> now, notice verse 5. It says, and this they did, not as we hoped, 
but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You know, all giving, all faith promise giving requires us to give ourselves to God first. We have to give ourselves to God. That's what they did here. They did first, they gave their own selves to the Lord by the will of God. They had some faith. Now notice, verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Now what's, what grace is he talking about? He's talking about the grace of giving. The grace of giving. It's talking about giving to ministry outside of the church. Now, by the way, I believe it all goes through the local church. Amen? I believe it goes through the local church to the foreign field, to uh, the missionary uh, who's reaching people for Christ. And by the way, we don't just support anybody. We, we support somebody that's solid on their doctrine. We want them to be Baptist in doctrine and understand, you know, that that's what that means and, and that it's, it's biblical. We want them to have standards. We want them to have good dress standards, music standards, good ethics, um, and we want them to be soul winners, reaching people for Christ, and growing a church for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the two missionaries that we sent letters out to you too, they're a good example of that. Both of them tonight. Wherever God had called them and put them, God has placed on the heart of this church uh, through faith promise giving to send that to those to support those works where they can reach those people for Christ. And by the way, the faces on those letters tonight, do you know that goes on some of your account? Do you know that? The faces of those go, some of them go on your account through our faith promise giving. Well, that's exciting. Well, you could take money and stock it up in a bank and maybe make some interest. You could, you could do a lot of things with, with money. Um, but I'll tell you what, when you see through giving yourself to God, your answers to prayer come through, God meets that need by faith of what he's told you to do. You give it to God and you see God do good things with it. I want to tell you something. It's a wonderful blessing. Amen. It's a wonderful blessing. All the things that you can purchase in life cannot compare to those blessings that come through faith. Through faith in the Lord. Now there's some qualifications for this giving that the Bible shows us here. And I want to show you what it is. First of all, I want you to notice they gave by grace. There was grace in their heart. There was this spirit that, Lord, I'm willing to give. Amen? Lord, I'm willing to give it. I can do what I can do, but Lord, 
What you tell me to do, you're going to have to do through me. Because I can't do more than what I can do. Amen? But who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think? That's our God. Amen? Amen. That's the God we serve. He is able. He is able. And listen, you know, you think of lost souls. What's, what's it going to matter in heaven what we had on earth? Really, what's it going to matter in heaven what we had on earth? Are you going to get to heaven and say, boy, I had a great house down there. Now, I'm not against the house. I'm not even against the nice house. But I'll tell you what, sometimes, sometimes we're not looking at eternity. We're not looking at what's really going to last, what's really going to make a difference. Sometimes our minds are just kind of trapped in this this uh, mentality that everybody in this country seems to have. Get all you can, can all you get, live for yourself, and you will not find a worse recipe for happiness. Because God, when they first gave themselves, God gave them grace to give. Notice verse 7. Look at verse 7. Therefore, as you bound in everything in faith, in utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Look at chapter 9 and verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Where do you have to purpose this grace to be? In your own heart. In your own heart. You set the purpose in your heart by faith. And what happens, every man according as he purposes his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Oh, I got to do this because the preacher wants me to. Well, I do want you to, but <laughs> amen. But it's not my voice that will keep your faith. It's God's voice. It's the voice of God. And he said, not grudgingly. That means nobody forces you to do it. Right? I mean, uh, you know, I've never had to go up to somebody and twist their arm behind their back and say, now you made that missions commitment. Remember? <laughs> no. It's not done that way. It's done every man as he purposeth in his own heart. You make the purpose in your heart and you follow through and God will do it. There's got to be some grace there. Amen? There's some grace there. Now look at verse 8. Notice what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. How much grace is God able to give you? All. He'll give you all that you need. God is able to make this grace abound toward you, all grace abound toward you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God wants us to give by grace. Amen? 
Now, this is where giving and tithing are different. Tithing and giving are two different things. Tithing is what I owe God. It is the Lord's. That's what the Bible says. The tithe is the Lord's. In fact, in the book of Malachi, even, he says, wherein have you robbed me? You say, rob God? Yeah, by not giving tithes and offerings. Rob God? Yeah. You know, it's just as wrong not to put the tithe in as it is when the offering plate goes by to take some money out. You ever seen anybody like that? Woo! We had time one time, we used to take the offering plate and after we get done taking the offering, we left it up here until we had a bus kid come by. And uh, Mrs. Watson caught him. Thank God for Miss Watson. Amen. She caught him. We were shaking hands. That bus kid came up here and whoop. Needless to say, we don't leave the offering up here anymore. Amen. We'll bring it up and put it in the church safe. But, um, you know, this kind of giving is different. Giving is giving above your tithe by the grace of God in your heart. Amen. The tithe is the Lord's. That's first 10%. That's first fruits. That belongs to God. But, but after that, there has to be a grace in giving. And God doesn't tell you exactly an exact amount. He does in tithing because the tithe is a tenth. That's what it means. It means a tenth. And it's equated to the first fruits. Uh, uh, like a vineyard, like your fruit comes in from your vineyard, you take the first of those fruits and you give them. Uh, that's, that's what that means. It's talking about when we tithe, we give the first fruits to God. And when we give, this grace giving is given by what God puts in our heart to give. By what we purpose in our heart to give. You know, I've never met anybody. Isn't this funny? I've never met anybody that was a faith promise giver that lacked God's supply. I've never met anyone like that. Now, I've had a few that wonder. It's, it, you know, it's always those that <laughs> don't have enough that aren't tithing and aren't giving. Amen. You say, how do you know? Because I used to be there. Yeah. But I say to you tonight, that this kind of giving, faith promise giving, is giving by faith. God speaks to your heart. You write down what to do. That's a one-year commitment. And you said, at the end of that year, see if God, see if God, if God told you what to, to give, see if God will not provide it. Amen? See if God will not provide it. He will provide it. God will provide and he'll supply our need at the same time. God's able to make that grace abound to us. 
And may I tell you what, we get the blessing out of it because we see God do things that we would normally ordinarily do. It's because God rewards faith. That's why faith promise is, is so successful. And you know what? You know what's funny? When faith promise increases, the church uh, giving also increases. You say, why does that happen? I just think it's God. Amen? Yeah. It's God. God does that. They gave by grace, not by force. Not by anybody's constraint. They just asked God what he could do through them and what he could do with them beyond their own power and beyond their own ability. <laughs> Years ago, well, somebody asked me, a lady, a lady was upset with me. I know you find that hard to believe. But years ago, there was a lady upset with me, not in this church. I try not to give illustrations in this church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But years ago, she, boy, she's upset with me. She came up to me mad after church, and I had preached on giving. She said, Pastor, you should be ashamed that you're asking those who lived on a fixed income to give to the church. I said, ma'am, that's why I ask those, because they are on fixed income to give, because God will bless them and meet their needs. God will bless them. God will take care of them. Boy, I tell you what, It's when you give by faith, when you give what God wants you to give, you put that in. May I tell you what? God will bless it. Amen. God will bless it. God said, I've never seen the righteous hungry nor his seed begging bread. The righteous never go hungry. They always do well. So faith promise is giving by grace it's giving by faith in God. It's giving by our power, but it's also giving beyond our power. You know, when you get that faith promise card, you say, I don't know if I can do what God wants me to do. Maybe I can do this much. Well, you know what? If you only give by what you can do, there's not much faith involved, right? And it's faith that God rewards and blesses. You say, preacher, that's hard. Try it and see what God will do. Try it and see what God will do. If God gave us the command to go, if he gives us the grace, if he can give us the faith and he can supply the need, why not have faith in God? Why not just trust God? Why not just depend on what he said? Faith promise works. Notice another ingredient here is in verse number 10. I love this verse. Notice what it says. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower. 
both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. Now, when you give, you're ministering seed to the sower. You're not not just giving seed out there and spreading the seed, you're giving it to the person who's the sower, the spreader of the seed, right? So you're giving it, when you give it, you put it in the hand of the missionary, he's the sower. And when he takes that, he gives it out, he's ministering food for your soul. Isn't that powerful? Bread for your food. And he'll multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That sounds like a pretty good plan to me. It sounds to me like God blesses this kind of giving, this faith promise understanding that if if we just simply obey God by faith, he does the work and does it through us. You say, well, preacher, the economy's bad. (laughs) Yeah, it ain't ever going to get any better, is it? But you know, God is higher than the economy. God is not limited at all. God, nothing says, oh, economy's too, nothing says that. God can take care of the need. God can take care of it. He is God. Don't forget the church of Macedonia was in a great trial of, of affliction and deep poverty. But yet they were willing of themselves. And because of that, God blessed them and God used them. God blessed them in a great way. Now go back to chapter 8 with me real quickly, and I want you to notice one more thing. Verse 8. Chapter 8, verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. You know what faith promise giving is? It's proving the sincerity of our love. It's proving the sincerity that we love God and that we want to follow him. We want to do what he wants us to do. It's proving that we love God is by what we give. You say, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Well, well, let me, you say, is giving attached to love? Is love and giving synonymous? Do they work together? Well, what if you, uh, what if you had Christmas and nobody gave you a gift? <laughs> You're in trouble, amen? You better, you better figure something out, right? You better be thinking. Because, uh, you know, if somebody don't love you, you're in big trouble. And then imagine what kind of heart would it be to where you say, I don't want to give anybody a Christmas gift. Love and giving go together. Amen? Giving and love have to go together. And so when it comes to God, we're proving the sincerity of our love to God by giving. And giving so we can fulfill that great commission. Because that great commission is great. 
Amen. And it's not God's request. It's God's plan that the world gets saved. You know, <clears throat> I think it's a blessing what God's used our church to do. But I think it's even more amazing what God could do Amen. in our church. And I think it's even more amazing what if every church, if every church in this country practiced giving by faith, there'd be no problem having missionaries everywhere. No problem. So I say to you tonight, as we get ready for a Faith Promise Missions Conference, <clears throat> yeah, it's a lot about giving. It really is. But it's about our love for God. And it's about God taking our faith and increasing our faith. Saying, Lord, you know, that's what the disciples wanted. They'd ask the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Teach us, Lord. Help us to increase our faith. You know, and even in a bad economy, even in this crazy world we live in, there's still opportunity for us as God's people to do God's work. That great commission never ends until Jesus come back, comes back again. And, and so as we prepare our minds and our thoughts to what we hear, let's remember something. God's got a plan for this all. He's got it all figured out. And as we hear and allow God to speak to our hearts through the missionaries, through those DVD presentations, through our fellowship with the missionaries, hearing their burden, hearing their messages, let's be reminded that it's our faith in God with the grace of God in our hearts that can accomplish what God wants us to do for his good and our glory. Boy, one day we're going to get to heaven and see what we did. You know, if, the widow, if, if God noticed the two mites that the widow put in that, if he saw those two mites, just what little she did, if he sees that, he sees what we do too. And you know, God can do great things through what our faith says. God, here's what we want you to do. And so as we get our hearts ready for this week, I want to encourage you, just even right before it happens, just, just start praying, Lord, whatever you'd have me to do, I first give myself to you. I let you have choice. I let you have free course in my heart my life because I want to see God do something through our hearts and our life. Boy, it's a great thing. Amen. It's a great thing. Let's fire our heads tonight. Let's close our eyes.